to another episode of Storytime with Tutus and Tennis Shoes. My name is Miss Kanisha Tillman, and I am the owner of Tutus and Tennis Shoes, which is actually a hair care education company. I know the name is confusing. We're not going to dress up in tutus or tennis shoes. I mean, if you want to, you can do that. But mainly, I focus on teaching parents how to take care of their kids' hair. What you wear to hair school is completely up to you. Anyway, we're not doing any of that today. We are reading another great story. Today's story is by Debbie Allen. It is called Brothers of the Night, and it is illustrated by Kadir Nelson. I picked it up at my local library, but you can feel free to ask your library if they have it or another local um, bookstore. Remember to shop small, because that helps out your community. All right, guys, open the book and turn to the title page. When you hear this sound, that means we're gonna be turning the page, okay? Are you ready to get started with me? Brothers of the Night by Debbie Allen. Pictures by Kadir Nelson. Once upon a time in a little village called Harlem, that's in New York City, there lived a man, Reverend Knight, spelled with a K, like knight in shining armor. And like a knight, he was a very good man, a leader in the community who preached a powerful sermon every Sunday. He lived with his 12 sons who he loved with all his heart. Brooke, Bobby, Joe, Snacky, Gerald and Jackie, Teeny Tiny Tappin' Theo, Lazy Leo, Big Fat Raul, like stack like a fool, Billy and Willie, Michael, head of the clan, a ladies man, and their big dog Happy. That's me. That's right. I'm a talking dog. It's a magical story. You didn't say anything when the pig was talking in that movie. Quiet. Reverend Knight raised his sons with a firm, loving hand. But a lot was going on that couldn't be explained. Well, the trouble all started when every housekeeper Reverend Knight hired either quit or got fired. Why? Because every morning the brothers' shoes would be worn to threads. Messed up, torn up, stinky, dirty, tacky, jacked up. You get the picture. And you know they tried to blame it on me. Oh, the dog did it. The dog. Why did I want some, what did I want with some old stinking shoes? And let me tell you, that little one's feet smelled worse than all of them. Whew. Reverend Knight gave all the nannies a key to lock the brothers in at night. Lizzie, the last nanny, even tried putting slip and slide wax on the floor. So if anybody got up in the middle of the night, they'd make a lot of noise. The only noise we heard was when her big butt fell down and broke the floor. <laughs> well, that's another story. But every night, not one peep could be heard from the brother's room, and they would be sound asleep. The next morning, still every morning, their shoes would be worn to threads, messed up, torn up, stinky, dirty, tacky, jacked up. And if you ask those boys about their shoes, they said they slept all night, but they had fun in their dreams. Reverend was at his wit's end. People came from far and wide to hear his sermons, and yet he couldn't solve the problems in his own home. One day, Reverend Knight put a big two-page ad in Jet Magazine. Wanted, housekeeper, experience with boys seven to 17. Bonus trip to Jamaica if torn up shoes 
mysteriously solved. Yes, I can read too. That Sunday, he preached a powerful sermon, had the people really feeling the spirit, but he didn't let them do too much shouting, thought it was undignified. After the congregation bowed out and the brothers went to choir practice, he went into his private room and prayed for guidance and help with his sons. Where do I go from here? He asked over and over. When the brothers and Reverend Knight returned home from church, a small woman dressed in bright colors was waiting on their doorstep. She talked like a sweet bird, said, I've come to help with the boys. My name is Sunday, Sweet Sunday, because I bake pies and cakes. She had lots of her belongings fit in one small bag that was so heavy, even Reverend couldn't pick it up. one look at the house, opened her bag, and pulled out all kinds of mops and brooms. She put the brothers to work cleaning, dusting, waxing, mopping, washing windows till they sparkled and shined. The brothers didn't like it one bit. Reverend Knight liked her very much. Oh, talk about cooking. Her smothered chicken, sweet potato biscuits, and lemon crunch cookies were jump up and down, slap yourself in the face good. After dinner that night, with the brothers eavesdropping on the grown folks' conversation, Reverend confided that he really hoped she could solve the mystery of the torn up shoes. There's something going on that the boys won't tell me. Sunday, talking, taking him by hand, replied, Rest your mind, Reverend. I'm sure the brothers will learn to trust me tell me everything. Reverend sighed and leaned back on the couch with a big old smile on his face. The brothers weren't having any of that. The oldest Michael said, let's put her to test just like all the rest. The the brothers put their hands and made a pact. Oh, girls got to go. The brothers slept together in one long bed. Soon as Reverend tucked them in that evening and said goodnight, the door was locked. Sunday went right up to sleep on the other side of the door. She was snoring like a little bear with the cookie man when the cookie man sneaked through the secret doorway in their bed. Party time, he yelled, sounding like an elf, and that's exactly what he was. The brothers, tiptoeing quietly, got dressed, grabbed their dancing canes, and sneaked out through the secret doorway. They didn't know that Sunday had been sleeping with one eye open. She pulled a magic scarf that made her invisible out of her small bag and followed along. The brothers danced their way across the rooftops, stepping and stomping. The moon gave everything a magical glow. And if they were dancing on, as if they were dancing on the Milky Way, still invisible, Sunday followed them down a fire escape, down a shiny pole, to the big band ballroom, the liveliest dance spot in the world. The girls were already there, waiting for the brothers to show. Oh, talk about a party! 
Sunday watched as each brother matched up with his girl. Even Tiny Tappin' Theo had a partner, Charlotte. Theo told Charlotte was Theo told me Charlotte was fat. You know, good looking. He doesn't know what fat is. Nadine, the big Irish setter down the street, now that's fat. Anyway, as I was saying, each couple seemed to outdance the other. Swinging? By the end of the night, everybody's shoes were worn to threads. Messed up, torn up, stinky, dirty, tacky, jacked up. And just before the sun came up, they all dashed out of the bath, out of the ballroom. Sunday ran ahead of them, crossed the rooftops. The brothers followed. Sunday hurried through the secret passage, and by the time the brothers got back, she was snoring like a little bear on the other side of their door. The brothers piled in their worn shoes in front of their bed and went to sleep. Sunday snuck back into the room, swirling her magic scarf and said, Whew, great googla mooga sugar booga and she made the torn up shoes vanish and brand new ones appear. When Reverend came in to wake the boys, he found all their shoes in front of their bed, clean and sparkling. Sunday was up, cheerful, hurrying them to come and eat breakfast. She had baked special biscuits shaped like shoes. Snacky whispered to Michael, you better keep an eye on old girl. Every night for a month, the brothers would sneak out to the ballroom. And every night, Sunday, invisible with her magic scarf, would follow. And every morning, their shoes would sparkle, brand new. They checked to make sure she was sleeping before they left. And father was just plain happy. The house was never cleaner. He never ate better and neither did I. And there were no more torn up shoes. Best of all, Sunday's sweetness was working like a little, was working a little magic on him. How do you keep those boys' shoes so clean? He'd asked her, looking a little starry-eyed, and she'd answer, oh, I just stay close to them without getting in their way. Finally, the brothers waited for Sunday and got in, in her face. Michael said, we know you've been following us. Theo begged, please don't tell dad. Sunday said, boys, why do you think, why do you keep this from him when he loves you so much? Michael answered, Dad would never approve of us dancing like that. It doesn't fit with his image in the community. Sunday said, how do you know? You never even talked with him about it. Then Tiny Theo piped up, grown-ups are too old. You don't get kids what we really like. Besides, none of you can dance anyway. Joe echoed, yeah, Monday, you can't dance. My name is not Monday, she replied. Tuesday, whatever, said Joe, as the brothers busted their sides laughing. Well, Sunday broke into a dance 
routine that went from Jimmy Sly to Fred Astaire to Bob Fosse all the way to Michael Jackson. She kicked, jumped, twirled all over that room, taught us all a thing or two. That's right, I like to dance too. The brothers could hardly keep up with her and laughed like crazy trying. And that did it, they were friends. That night when the boys went to the ballroom, Sunday went too and she didn't bother to wear her magic scarf. At breakfast the next morning, she started singing and tapping her feet as she served hot yellow grits. The brothers knew she was waiting for them to talk to their father. They weren't ready. Then one evening, Reverend Knight noticed me chewing on a torn up, worn out shoe. All right, all right. So I chew up a shoe every once in a while. What are you gonna do, arrest me? I have to act like a dog sometimes just to make you people feel normal. Anyway, Reverend looked and saw another chewed shoe by my foot and another by my tail. He'd follow the trail to the old pantry, almost to the ceiling. Well, how was I supposed to know? I'm just a dog. Oh, you people, that's right, always blaming it on the dog. We lead such a hard life. When Sunday and the brothers returned home, from the movies, Reverend Knight was packing, was pacing back and forth in front of all those shoes. Sunday stared at the brothers, but they didn't say a word. So she stepped forward. Reverend, please don't blame the boys for keeping secrets from you. It's all my fault. I'll pack my things and leave tomorrow. But may I say one thing? He nodded. You have done a fine job raising your sons, but the truth is, they don't believe you really want to know how they feel. Why they do? Reverend Knight interrupted her. Thank you, Miss Sunday. I know my boys. Of course you do, said Sunday. Goodbye, Reverend. The thought of Sunday leaving pulled at, my, at the hearts of the father and the boys, but no one was ready to stand up for her except me. I howled and howled, but they just put me outside. The next day, with tears in their eyes, the brothers said goodbye to Sunday. She kissed each one, and with her suitcase in hand, she left for the bus station. went to church. Then with the rays of sun shining on his face and the spirit of love touching his heart, Reverend gave the sermon of his life. Looking right at his son, he preached, shouted, and even started to prance, talking about trusting in the Lord and remembering how to trust one another. He got carried away. He did the twist, the mashed potato, and the monkey time. When he started the funky chicken, the whole congregation sprang to its feet and began to wail. The brothers shouted the loudest. As soon as church was out, the boys rushed to their father. They told the whole story and how they loved to dance and sneak out to the big band ballroom, but were afraid he wouldn't approve and how Sunday had only tried to give them time to face their father. Reverend hugged his sons and asked, can you forgive me for keeping something from you? The brothers looked puzzled. Reverend Knight said, I used to be the best dancer at 
at the sock hops. Now we better hurry and try to get Sunday back. Sunday was just getting ready to board the bus when Reverend Knight, out of breath, knelt down right in the middle of the street. Sunday, will you dance with me? He told her how sorry he was and how he, how she needed to come back home so they could be a family. The brother surrounded her. She had to say yes. Well, let the church bells start ringing. The brothers were so happy, they all started dancing. The people on the street started dancing, chanting, there's gonna be a wedding, there's gonna be a wedding. I had to call my designer and get an outfit. Sunday and Reverend were married and had their reception at the big band ballroom. What a party that was. Oh, and they lived happily ever after. Except me, treating me like a dog. Put me outside, cause somebody went and gave them a cat. I'm telling you, you just can't trust people. Well, that's the end, friends. What did you think of that story? I thought that was a pretty cute one. I could see the boys dancing. Even without the pictures, I could visualize it in my mind. If you get a chance to pick up this book, this one is a lot of fun. All right, well, I'll catch you on the next episode. 